0: Today's guest is Ian Armstrong. Ian is a Kung Fu master, Qigong master, I think he would call himself that. And he is the lineage holder of the Namyang Kung Fu lineage, which I thought was really interesting. And some of my friends here in Thailand who study with him uh, in his retreat center in Pai, Thailand, said he was someone I had to meet. And I'm glad I did. He was an interesting guy and definitely had I don't think he'd use the word Zen, but a Zen-like presence about him. Although we did speak about Zen Buddhism Buddhism and Taoism and Confucianism and various aspects of Chinese culture. We had a very, it was a great conversation to speak with someone who I don't know his competence levels in his work directly. I will probably train at his school at some point while I'm here, but he definitely had an air about him, which, and speaks, yeah, interesting guy. Anyway, you'll, you'll listen to it. I was particularly interested in his take on meridians and fascia, if you caught my other podcasts with people who knew about Chinese medicine and Qigong which I've always found so interesting, like the Chinese take on stuff because like Chinese medicine, for instance, is so scientific in its feel and its classifications and its precision. But it's not science because the assumptions of Chinese medicine and qigong and kung fu and all this stuff isn't arrived at through the scientific method, like the understanding of qi and meridians and stuff. It Doesn't mean it's not useful, but that's why I kind of asked everyone from this world about their take on it. And I really liked his and yeah, I never I never considered that fascia and meridians tied together. Anyway, I'm not gonna give Away what's in this conversation? If you hear background noise right now, it's because I'm still in Thailand at my friend's place in their very Thai home, surrounded by rice fields, there's a mountain, and there's lots of bugs and animals everywhere. And also, um, in the interview itself, uh, there was some noise. I-, I made the personal poor call of of having us do it in his office. I didn't realize there was construction right outside, and I also didn't know that he had many children who were coming in and out of the office while we were doing this. So you, you, we'll try to cut that out, but I think you'll probably hear them outside playing and stuff. Such as life. Real sounds. And yeah, right now you're listening to episode 073. Ian Armstrong, Kung Fu, Qigong, bend, not break. You're listening to the Rwando Podcast, part of the Gotham Podcast Studio Network in New York, New York. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate it wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so we're here in your office in the Kung Fu Retreat up in Pai, Thailand, Um, and we're connected by my good friend, Jen, uh, who I know works with you. She said you were someone I had to meet. Yeah. Um, Yeah. She told me a little bit about you, but I understand, uh, obviously, you have this retreat center here, yeah, and uh, you're part of this lineage that I was very interested in uh, going back to China, and if you could say a little bit about yourself and what you're doing here, that'd be great. Okay, so, yeah, I'm Ian
1: Armstrong, and... I run the, the Kung Fu retreat here. Um, this was kind of like the first, the world's first Kung Fu retreat, um, which we set up here in by starting in two thousand and seven. So, before coming here, I was two times World Kung Fu champion. And, and is that uh, like competitive, like wushu or? I don't uh, know, traditional, I don't know. Traditional okay. Kung Fu. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So doing the routines in traditional Kung Fu rather than modern. Gotcha. Uh, so I won for weapons in 1993 and freehand in 2004. hmm And been studying Kung Fu since 1981. Mm -hmm. Yeah, started in 1901. Before that, I was a boxer. Mm -hmm. And most of my uh, key training was done in Singapore. Mm -hmm. You're from the UK though, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm from the UK. Uh, I don't know whether people can tell from my accent or whether they can't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes I think it gets a bit confused in Australian, but.
0: Yeah. Well, I think for us yeah. Americans, everything sounds like British if we're not Yeah. We sure. <laughs> mix them all up. Yeah. No, it's British. Um, come from the, the southern edge of
1: London. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was a big uh, a big thing. My first trip to Singapore was 1997. Mm-hmm. So then i have been training with a, one of the Chinese guys from Nam London. And... Uh, yeah, in those days, right, it was quite a big deal going out mm-hmm. and, uh, to Asia to train. And then the, the group that I trained with, Lan Yang mm-hmm. Association, uh, we started in 1954 okay. in Singapore. And the founder uh, it had come from China.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So... Singapore, the majority of the Singapore population are Chinese. So Mm -hmm. the old guys, they were all kind of ethnic Chinese Mm -hmm. um, living in Singapore. Master Hung was born in Fujian Province, China in 1924. Okay, and he was your teacher? No, Uh, uh, he was the one who started the. Gotcha. Uh, And. So he lived right through the Japanese occupation of China mm-hmm. in the period of the Second World War. And then after that, yeah, did, when the Japanese withdrew, you got the, the Civil War mm-hmm. in China, and he fought in the Nationalist Army. And then when they were pushed out of uh, China, he went to Singapore. set up Instead in of Singapore. Taiwan? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, because they, they had family mm-hmm. and business in Singapore. And he set up our club in uh, 1954. And it's been going ever since. He died in 1984 and was succeeded by my teacher, his Master Tan So Tin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and very sadly he died just uh, about three and a half weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So, I'm the third generation
0: of Nam Yang. Gotcha. Third generation master. Yeah. Yeah. I not if I'm using the right terminology, but you're like the a, a holder of this lineage. Like yes. Yeah, this is yes. passed on and you're the one who yeah. has this whole tradition. Of, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I was the first disciple student of Master Tang. Mm-hmm. So, I did the kind of initiation by shu. uh under him in 1994 mm-hmm. yeah uh and obviously they well we, we're a family we've got a big extended kung fu family mm-hmm. um so some of master Tan's generation are still alive mm-hmm. in singapore um and as well as me there's lots of other um
0: Students so master ton
1: mm-hmm.
0: but i was the most senior one because i was the first one yeah gotcha and I'm, I'm curious how this works i mean i don't know a ton about kung fu mm-hmm. i did box and i'm interested in the martial side but yeah uh as far as like the the word that peaked for me was like lineage like this like this like yeah. uh special knowledge that's being passed like how is it that someone is chosen is it just the most senior or is it the one who's willing to take it on or
1: so it, it is, reminds me of like it, Jedi
0: yeah. stuff. Yeah, you know, like. yeah, absolutely. It it. Uh,
1: what we seek to do is to continue our uh, family mm-hmm. and continue our teachings, because there's a great deal in the in the teachings, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we really don't want them to die. Mm-hmm. And the. So there's a big emphasis on passing it on to the next generation. Mm -hmm. But obviously, we want to kind of safeguard the fact that people are good enough to to pass it on. Mm -hmm. Um, So the the teacher will work on the next generation. Who are Mm -hmm. the people that are going to pass it on? And they're the kind of the kind of closest students. And the the, the the yeah, each teacher will entrust the next set of teachers mm-hmm. to carry on the art, carry on the lineage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it works like a family. So if the teacher is the father, then the teacher's teacher is the grandfather, hence you get master, grandmaster, great grandmaster. Uh-huh. And of the teacher students, you can kind of have the elder brother and then the, mm-hmm. the next one down, you have yeah. this seniority thing, which in Asian families is always very important. This, mm-hmm. uh, you know, your position in the family, are you the older brother, are you the younger brother, younger sister? Um, so it's the job of the master to kind of safeguard the art and regulate the art and make sure that they're basically quality control. Mm-hmm. So something, this is somewhere where things like Kung Fu and kung are very, very different from say yoga. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I remember speaking to a friend who's a yoga teacher and about the kind of commercialization of yoga and the subsequent dilution. Mm I mean, yoga is uh, really a kind of very spiritual practice, a meditative practice for, uh, yeah, spiritual enlightenment. And the, the physical side of yoga really is intended to prepare you for the meditation. Mm-hmm. Uh, to kind of still the mind and get you in that right mental frame. Well now, you know, a
0: lot of a lot of yoga schools are a little more than a aerobic studio. Yeah. Actually I, I know yoga teacher trainings now they're actually teaching how to promote yourself on Instagram as part of their curriculum. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, which maybe um, is necessary on some level, mm-hmm. but I can see the dilution as well. Yeah.
1: And I, I said to my friend, well, you know, who in yoga, you know, who who is the overall authority? Who You know, which people? Mm-hmm. Say, well, what do you mean authority? You know, they don't have authorities, you know. Mm-hmm. Everybody just does what they want to do. I know that's totally different to Kung Fu, Chi Kung. It's the whole point, the whole function of the master is to say, this is the right way mm-hmm. and this is the wrong way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you want us to endorse you, you've got to do it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean you don't advertise on Instagram because nowadays mm. you, you have to, but it's to say, well, are you doing the real art? Mm. Are you worth our, you know, are you worthy of
0: carrying on our name or yeah. are you not? So, yeah. Yeah, have you found that? I mean, I don't think we want to go too deep into this, but uh, obviously on the business side, one of the reasons why uh, maybe the bar has lowered in yoga, for instance, yeah. is that most schools make their money by training teachers. So they say if someone's not good enough, they don't get the money or they get less money. So like, that's like a perhaps an issue of like why that path has been taken in yeah. that community. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that's a thing that, you know, because when you're sharing the way that it's passed on, I was like, well, it's kind of maybe hard to scale that way or spread this Yeah. teaching when the bar is so high. Tom, we're, getting,
1: we're having a, Special talk. <laughs>
0: uh, sorry about that. No worries. Um, I don't
1: remember what I was saying. So, that's yeah, that's, that <clears throat> maybe that's why we're yeah. still really small, because we, we're very insistent on maintaining the standards. Mm-hmm. So we are trying to gradually expand. Yeah. Uh, You can still, I think, uh, run 200-hour teacher training courses mm-hmm. and do a really good job and produce good teachers so long as those teachers realize that it's actually, this is a life's work. Mm-hmm. And you got to really devote your life to this practice and mm-hmm. constantly strive to get better. So everybody has to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. But... In terms of saying, well, what is um, what is yoga? what is it all about? Uh, in our terms, you know, in our case, what we're interested is what is kung fu? What is it all about? Uh, you, somebody needs to maintain the standard, mm-hmm. and if it becomes little more than a workout, then it's gone. It's gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody needs to step in and say,
0: no, it's, this isn't isn't is to fix this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can you share a bit about like what, it, what it is then because um, I studied different martial arts but I know mm-hmm. th- even the term kung Fu is pro- is used very widely yeah. and, um, and I know you want to speak about the Qigong uh, kung Fu relationship can you speak a little on that
1: Yeah oh. kung Fu it's a difficult thing to define. The term means hard work over a long time, Mm. sustained effort, or more precisely the product of hard work over a long Mm. time. So anything which you have to work hard at in order to achieve is Kung Fu. Mm -hmm. So in the actual Chinese terms, uh, cooking is a form of Kung Fu Mm -hmm. because you have to, Work hard for years to be a master chef. In Western terms, kung fu generally means Chinese martial arts. Mm. Um, so that's usually where the where the definition definition is. It's it, it's a kind of catch-all term: mm. Chinese martial arts and related arts, Just distinguishing them from say Japanese or Thai or Korean. Mm. Yeah. So with, with the Japanese martial arts, you tend yeah. to call each one by an individual name. You've got Judo, you've got jitsu you've yeah. got Karate. In China, there's just so many yeah. that uh, it's mind-bogglingly confusing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, maybe maybe 10,000, maybe 100,000, depending where you draw the lines. Because mm-hmm. China's got a lot of people in yeah. both <laughs> areas. Uh, so when we say Kung
0: Fu, we're meaning Chinese martial arts, yeah i think uh i think it, well i came to thailand actually to study with Montak Chia, who yeah. i'm so you're yeah. sure, uh you're familiar with um i think in his books he coined the term sexual kung fu yeah. which was yeah. maybe laughed at at one point but uh yeah it's understood like sexual cultivation practice
1: yeah it's that's right it's a practice that you develop over time therefore mm-hmm. the, the term kung fu is appropriate mm-hmm. uh Similarly, kung is a form of Kung Fu because mm-hmm. it's something you have to work on, you have to study, you have to experience, you have to practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there is a lot of overlap between Kung Fu and Qigong mm-hmm. because, uh, the,
3: kung because Kung
1: Fu has been... Well, kung fu was developed in China, mm-hmm. so it's all based around what we could call Chinese traditional science that draws on, you know, all the ideas of Chinese medicine, qi circulation around the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whereas modern Western sport draws a lot on kind of modern sports science, mm-hmm. uh, kung fu draws on traditional Chinese science, and qi keeps coming into that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the Tea is the basis of Feng shui. I mean Feng Shui is really about how the tea circulates in your in your home. Um, Chinese medicine is about how the tea circulates in your body. Mm-hmm. So and tea is the energy that fuels kung fu. Mm-hmm. So and actually each you have a lot of different branches of qi can. Mm-hmm. So we focus on uh, partly on kung for health so to keep the body in good shape keep the mind the breath in good shape so that we're fitting up to practice and then also on the martial kung for um, strengthening developing the body uh, being able to absorb stronger blows being able to deliver stronger blows mm-hmm. uh, whereas other people maybe they go into the kind of uh the medical side of of qigong, and they're looking more at um, using it as a type of Chinese medicine. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you mentioned Tang Chia, Obviously, his uh, one of his specialisms is the sort of the, the terrorist sexual qigong practices. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's lots of. It's such a broad thing. There's lots of different mm-hmm. specialisms. Yeah, yeah. What,
0: what do you specialize in here? Like, I, do you go into like the Taoist sexuality type stuff? No. Uh, it's something that um,
1: I have a, a reasonable knowledge of, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not something that we teach here. And it's not something that I particularly want to teach here. Because when you start teaching that, uh, it kind of changes the, the atmosphere and mm. tone of the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a very good thing to do and something that I'm very much in favor of. But if we start sending marketing for sexual kung, then it's kind of sets an idea in people's heads that this is somewhere that you come if you want sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the, the whole atmosphere of the place would change. Mm-hmm. And so I'm quite happy to leave that to a take chair. Gotcha. It's not that far away from us. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, I want people to come here intending seriously to work on themselves uh, mentally, physically, spiritually
3: mm-hmm.
1: to develop develop the body, develop the mind. Um, but I think if there's, there's too much you know idea of well I'm looking to hook up with someone for sex then it kind of kind of distracts from what we're really about. Yeah, I get that. Uh, so whilst I I do endorse the the practice I'm quite happy to say to study the people, go to, to Manchester too, to, mm-hmm. to learn that. Yeah.
0: So can you uh, run us through like kind of what someone experiences, maybe their journey through studying with you, studying yeah. from your branch um, of uh, Well.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting uh, question. Kung Fu began with the monk Bodhidharma from India, mm-hmm. who was appointed head monk at the Shaolin Temple,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it was him who started to teach Shaolin Kung, Kung Fu to the monks. Mm-hmm. And question: Why teach the monks? this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bodhidharma was also the founder of Zen Buddhism, Mm -hmm. which is the Buddhism that really uh, focuses on the mind. And in Buddhism, we we study the mind, and the mind is a, a, a terribly flawed device. Mm -hmm. The human mind is really a bit of a disaster area. Mm -hmm. And in order to to elevate ourselves, we need to elevate the mind. Mm -hmm. In order to elevate the mind, we need to understand the mind, we need to be able to access the mind. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to change the mind. Well, that's easier said than done. People underestimate the significance of the mind-body link, and if you really want to get into your mind, uh, one of the best ways to do it is through the body, mm-hmm. through physical. It um, kind of brings us back to yoga. Yeah, you know, yoga actually done properly will help you access your mind. Kung fu, very much the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we connect left brain, right brain, conscious, subconscious, mm-hmm. head brain, body brain, um, and start to to really get mind, body, breath to function as a whole, mm-hmm. and that kind of elevates us, mm-hmm. and... If you took, if you look really, take a real overview, you know where are you going in the end? Mm-hmm. That's kind of where, where we're going. Yeah. Uh, so looking to re- reach a higher state of consciousness, and ideally, you know, a state of enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Although that's not something that comes easy. Mm-hmm. Also, kung fu is something which has history has its philosophy, it has its traditions, it has its culture. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of wisdom in Kung Fu. And we're mm-hmm. trying to pass that on. We're trying to transmit the, the wisdom of Kung Fu to mm-hmm. the people that we have. Now, we found that the best way to do this is to completely immerse people. In their, in their study mm-hmm. so that you're not just going to classes or reading about it you're absolutely living it mm-hmm. and that's that is the, the kind of ethos of the retreat here mm-hmm. it's come somewhere you come to live kung fu mm-hmm. so, you know you really do eat sleep and breathe kung fu and we try to minimize the distractions mm-hmm. away from that. I mean, obviously, people go into town, people get online, but you you live here. Uh, you get up six o'clock in the morning, you're down to start training. So you get to do your qigong at sunrise,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is the best time to do it. Uh, three and a half hours training with a little break for Chinese tea and a talk on philosophy, and then it's breakfast, and we. You see around the grounds where we're doing a lot of work on our organic farm, so we're trying to give people a really, really healthy
2: mm-hmm.
1: diet with as much homegrown food as we can manage. We're not 100% mm-hmm. self sufficient, but we're mm-hmm. working hard. Um, bit of a break, train again, lunch, train again, dinner, and then rest of it in the evening. Mm-hmm and Kung Fu is not only about yourself, it's also about your act, interaction with other people mm-hmm. you know, so we try to you know, have a, an environment in which people socialise, mm-hmm. in which people connect with each other and that, that human interaction is really important um, so the journey here Um, it's kind of getting back to basics, starting to really kind of know yourself, focusing on yourself, but also building your relationships with other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, and for a lot of people, they keep coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the this is the interesting thing that I, I hadn't anticipated when we started that we get so many people keep coming back because once they once they experience it they realise, wow, you know, okay, this is what it was all about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I know like the demonstrative things like breaking bricks or anything, that's not the that's not the point, but it's something that maybe draws in a lot of people or for someone who maybe doesn't understand this internal thing you're speaking yeah. about. Yeah. Um I mean, if you could share a little bit about that, I- I'm curious. Because also, I mean, I-, I briefly went to a Qigong school in the States in Austin. Mm-hmm. And they actually had levels where the first grade, let's say, was just the the body hardening. Can you stand mm-hmm. below All, And what was interesting is like I saw... 70 year old women there who yeah. could take a punch to the stomach better yeah. than most men. Like, it's like, Oh, there must be something. I mean, objectively yeah. there's something yeah, here and then, yeah. and then the next level would be like the sexual side. And then the third level is far more spiritual, but, yeah. um, obviously these, yeah. Can you speak a little bit about like, what is it that allows <laughs> someone to do that? Uh, yeah. and how does it tie perhaps to the internal cultivation?
2: Uh,
1: well, the, You know, if you sum it up in one word, that's qi, qi, Mm -hmm. that's your energy. Generally, we people have very little control of their qi, Mm -hmm. very little control of their energy, Um, very little control of themselves. By training, we change that. That's the whole point. and that's a very interesting example because I mean, that's quite impressive. If you're getting 70 year old ladies taking a punch, um, yeah, it's really very good.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, it's not all uh, just kind of energy.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: there's obviously a physical dimension to it as well. But this is something that a lot of people don't understand about qigong. Um It's all rooted in Chinese science, Chinese thinking. Mm -hmm. Chinese thinking looks at things as a whole, Mm -hmm. doesn't want to chop them up and Mm compartmentalise them. Chinese thinking looks at people as a whole.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So if you if you study that type of thinking, then a person has their physical aspects, their mental aspects, their energetic aspects the spiritual aspects and it's important that you develop them together and yet so many western people saying oh, i'm not interested in the physical yeah i, I didn't want to be doing the kind mm-hmm. of energetic stuff not realizing that if you don't pay attention to the physical mm mm-hmm the energetic stuff won't happen. Mm-hmm. So going back to Bodhidharma and the Shaolin Temple, this mm-hmm. was this was one of his key messages, that you can't ignore the body mm-hmm. because the body is so wound in with the, the, the mind, the spirit, you've got to look at the overview. Mm-hmm. So when we develop our energy, our qi, uh, we're looking at developing the meridians which are the pathways through which the qi flows mm-hmm. and those pathways run through the fascia mm-hmm. the tenderness material in the body so you have to develop that fascia that tenderness material mm-hmm. to facilitate qi flow and our true strength lies in the fascia okay the fascia is, is that the... what
0: uh fung is uh, i do not be saying the word incorrectly i was taking uh Tai Chi push hands lessons from someone you say like there's strength and there's feng. I think I don't know if I'm saying it wrong like being able like structural strength like to just withstand someone
1: Uh, that's
0: slightly different
1: Um, the word could have been Geng or Jing or Fa Jing okay but there's a number of Chinese terms okay if we slice through the the kind of the the linguistics and Mm. keep yeah, body mechanics, body structure is mm-hmm. massively important. Uh, but we have a a a web of fascia, mm-hmm. tendons, material running through the whole body. It, 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 so that would include the actual tendons, muscle sheaths, bone sheaths, organ mm-hmm. sheaths, all the connective tissue. That's what holds everything together. Mm-hmm. And the meridians tend to run through this material, mm-hmm. through the fascia. So by working on and developing that fascia, we're facilitating better chi flows, so basically Mm -hmm. opening the meridians. And at the same time, uh, we're developing that strength that enables us to take a a blow. Mm -hmm. And so as you say, taking a blow or knocking the end off a brick isn't the ultimate objective mm-hmm. of the Qigong. But it does show that you have achievement mm-hmm. in the Qigong. Because if your Qi good, then then you will be able to do this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you're not able to do it, it kind of raises questions. So
0: it's kind of like a, a test metric or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, and I
1: guess... Uh, you know, ultimately, in, 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 the, in the true sense, if your development in your qi and your kung fu is very good, then you will be a healthy, positive person,
2: mm-hmm.
1: be successful in life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you'll be a good person. But people like to see things People wanna people wanna say, Well, well give me something that I can see. Mm-hmm. And being a healthy, positive, successful person isn't something you can really do for a demonstration. Right. Uh, on the other hand, if you wanna demonstrate your know, achievement in Kung and you say so you wash your face in broken glass and mm-hmm. uh, then the spear on your throat, then it's like okay, yeah now i've got it
0: that's visual. Sure. Yeah. yeah is it always tied to because i'm thinking um, like the marine corps does body hardening drills which i think are not that different than some of like the you know the, i don't know if the, like iron shirts stuff mm. i've seen mm. like they see i don't know maybe there's they're very different but mechanically they seem the same i'd imagine there's probably many people who do body hardening and yeah the military who maybe don't have any of the internal benefits like they don't necessarily line up right it's maybe possible to fake the or like Get the demonstrative effect without the uh, internal effect. Well,
1: part of how we would see it is that <clears throat> uh, even if you don't understand about chi, mm-hmm. if you exercise well, you will be developing your chi. Mm-hmm. It's just that in Western terms, maybe you use different different words. Okay. So uh, you take, for example, uh, a gymnast. Gymnasts have really well-developed bodies. They have great posture, and they have this kind of elastic explosive strength, which is exactly what we try to develop in Kung Fu. And, you know, when I look at a Gymnasts, my reckoning is that their chi float will be really good. Mm -hmm. And they're not practicing, as they see it, chi ku. But they are practicing things which really benefit your chi Mm float. If you take your guys in the Marine Corps, then a lot of what they're doing may well be benefiting their chi Mm float. It's just that they don't use that word. In Qi, you can actually interpret Qi as breath,
2: mm. as air,
1: gas, oxygen, but anything which uh, develops your breathing, technically, is Qi kun. Mm. Um, so, through the, the kind of practice that those guys put in, they probably are benefiting in mm. Qi a lot. Um, having said that out out of interest uh, there's different approaches to body toughening Mm -hmm. and the the western way is often all about hardening Mm -hmm. whereas the the Chinese way if it's done in the deeper sense is about being pliable Mm -hmm. being flexible. So, if we take your kind of classic terrorist thinking, Mm -hmm. uh, take a brick. Well, that's pretty hard, tough and strong. Look at (laughs) that, yeah. But we know for sure that if you hit the end of it sharply, It'll crack in half.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So maybe it's not that strong after all. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you take a hard rubber brick,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that has a degree of flexibility and bend, and you could hit that brick all day. And doesn't matter how good your martial arts is, it's not going to break. Mm-hmm. It's going to bounce every time. So, actually, which one's stronger? And if you may have noticed that in one of the favourite themes in Chinese artwork is the bamboo. Mm-hmm. And you get these kind of black watercolour paintings of bamboo. And bamboo is supposed to kind of epitomise the towel. Mm-hmm. So... It's incredibly strong, it's also incredibly light, and it's flexible. So when the wind blows, the bamboo sways, mm-hmm. but it doesn't crack. In a storm, uh, you see trees crack, branches come off, right. bamboo just it's sways. In and um, so this is your classic Taoist thinking that true strength is adaptable. True strength is flexible. So in the uh, kind of Kung Fu Chi Kung practice, um, what people often don't understand is we're not training the body to be hard and rigid Mm
2: -hmm. because
1: if it gets hit hard enough it will tear, Mm -hmm. and will get injured. Uh, Rather we want it to be slightly elastic Mm -hmm. so that the blow is slightly absorbed and then pushed out Mm -hmm. and by having the right level of elasticity Mm -hmm. um then we can achieve the the result so that may be slightly different to how they're doing in the marine corps yeah
0: i'm not i'm not sure i'm actually curious a lot about this fascia stuff because Mm -hmm. um for i understand even western medicine didn't Really, give it much weight uh, till relatively recently. I'm not, sure, from what I understand. Yeah. Um, and like, uh, I've actually asked a few other guests on the podcast, like mm. about qi movement. And how, like, I have a, f- a friend who's been on who's uh, getting his uh, doctorate in Chinese medicine. Yeah. I was asking, yeah. him, like, how do how do people know what qi is, or how mm. do we, they know where the meridians are? Mm. Uh, I forget what he said. Actually, it was a couple of years ago. But you're saying that these these pathways mm. are in through the fascia, as far as we know. Yeah. So, you could get
1: chi in um, its properties is very similar to electricity,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and you could visualize meridians as pathways through the fascia which are conductive of chi, which is mm-hmm. a high conductivity of qi. So, you have this electric like. Energy and electrical can, potentials can move through the body. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. Science doesn't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and inevitably, there are going to be certain routes through the body mm-hmm. that are easier to flow through. And that's how I would describe the mm-hmm. meridians. And by working our bodies in the correct way we can actually very much increase
0: that conductivity hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense this is probably the best model of understanding i've mm-hmm. heard because like um let's even even practicing motocchi is mm-hmm. i mean maybe it's not his but like uh, the microcosmic orbit yep. I've yeah i've always felt a blockage in my thoracic spine I didn't, really, I didn't really put it together until recently, but I've also had injuries in that area where I'm yeah. sure my fascia has been knotted up, like I've pinched, I, yeah. I've pinched fascia on my yeah. back. I was like, oh, well, I actually felt less sensation there, yeah. um, and I guess those are so an obvious connection. Very likely you have scar tissue mm-hmm. in the fascia,
1: and fascia has a grain, like wood has a grain, mm-hmm. so generally all the strains run in the same direction. Mm-hmm. When you get scar tissue, they're all kind of knotted together yeah. and tied up. And that substantially reduces the conductivity of the mm-hmm. With a, a great deal of practice over a long time, <clears throat> you can pull the strands straight. It's like untangling a very big ball to get yeah. up string. Uh, so it's, it's, um, it's kind of good news. It's not, there's no hope. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, scarring in fascia will uh inhibit T flow. Hmm. And the thing is just keep stretching it. Yeah, always
0: keep stretching it. Hmm. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, so actually I mean I, I don't know how related it is, but I had knotted fascia on my left yeah. side, uh and it was actually affecting my sensitivity in my left yeah. hand. Yeah, which, which you know goes along with everything you're saying and then i think i don't know if it's related but i actually broke my elbow doing kind of basic martial arts things i I think everything was knotted so i couldn't hold it together perhaps but um anyway this is all to say it's changed my entire philosophy of training yeah like my assumptions were very american i think and like train till failure go hard yeah and i've been following actually russian philosophies more of like Never training till failure and going for slow volume. I don't. I don't know if there. I was. I'm curious if there are maybe Taoist principles or Kung Fu principles around fitness or that. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah. Anything you can share? Certainly. Um,
1: take the middle way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't got to extremes. Um, if I sum up our view of uh, how you should train. Yeah. Here we go. We want our training to support us through our whole life Mm -hmm. and keep us healthy in old age Mm -hmm. fit into old age. And if you look at uh, traditional martial arts from Eastern Asia Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and also yoga, both of them have that kind of built in. The assumption is that... You want to end up being one of those amazing old guys mm-hmm. who can do all this astounding stuff even though they're 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the one I always kind of spring on people picture your kind of ideal martial arts master. Mm-hmm. And it'll always be different, but it's almost invariably an old person. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if we look at the Western approach to sport, if you said picture a great sportsman, master sportsman, you would never picture an old person, you would mm-hmm. picture an Olympic athlete. Mm-hmm. And in the Western approach to sport, there's an assumption that you will burn out and then you will retire. And this will probably happen in your mid-thirties. Mm-hmm. And then you're kind of resi- res- you know pensioned off and you exercise by maybe throwing darts, lifting pine glasses, mm-hmm. you know, manipulating the pool you. Uh, so where did it really get you?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now your classic uh, Western sporting approach is you've got to be faster. You've got to be stronger. You've got to go longer. You've got to jump higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you push yourself to extremes, which is exactly what uh, terrorism cautions against. Mm-hmm. You concentrate on your external body, particularly your muscular System, you, you they also do a lot of cardiovascular, but there's a lot of development of muscle.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: sure, that the muscle is often developed in conjunction with fascia, you can't mm-hmm. do it any other way, but sometimes that's at the expensive fascia, right? Uh, sometimes at the expense of fascia, yeah. and uh, it's very external, a very little attention is paid to the internal organs. Mm-hmm. And all that muscle and all that going to the extreme is putting more and more stress and pressure and demands on your internal organs. Until you hit a point where the organs simply cannot keep up with the demands that have been put on them and they start to suffer. Mm -hmm. And at that point when... Your organs just can't maintain your, your external body and all those demands. We say, Yeah, oh, I'm getting too old for this. Mm-hmm. I'm getting too old for football. Mm-hmm. Getting too old for whatever
0: mm-hmm. I'm doing.
1: i um, going to have to retire. Mm-hmm. And there is typically no uh, kind of pathway of development after you retire from competitive sport. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, take American football, mm-hmm. you're going you're gonna to finish, you're going to burn out. That's the same, same for boxing. Yeah? yeah. As a boxer, you will hit a point where you're done football. Right. And there's no plan after that. Yeah. Um, therefore, it's Western sport almost plans to put you on the scrap Right. Halfway through your life. Which, if you think about it in those terms, is completely crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I say, the the old style Asian stuff, um, the kind of Indian stuff, Chinese, Mm -hmm. further east, um, views that as silly, and it's all about building you up progressively through your life, Mm -hmm. so that you do become that
0: old master who is astounding. Even I really, I did. Yeah, I think, uh, well, my elbow break recently was kind of like a wake-up call. Like, okay, I'm not going to be a peak-level athlete in this Mm. lifetime. Mm. I might as well at least train for longevity so that I'm fit later. And it's been, I didn't realize how much it was going to be a shift of like how I even like lift a single weight or anything. Um, So as far as like, performance fitness is that ever a focus i mean it's not like i assume you don't ever like really focus on the muscles by themselves or i try not to be because actually i mean one thing that drew me to shaolin was like seeing these documentaries of Mm. relatively old monks doing flips and jumping higher and what you would expect from a 20 year old athlete uh
1: The approach is just slightly different that uh, it is really kind of developing elasticity in the fa- fascia, this mm-hmm. con- concept of elasticity is really important mm-hmm. that allows the explosive movements and not carrying too much muscle mm. so if you carry too much muscle it basically holds you back
2: mm.
1: and um, even if you look at uh, Okay, so gym, some gymnasts are very muscular, but they're not, they're not completely loaded like a mm-hmm. bodybuilder. Um, you look at competitive boxers. Most of them, they're not carrying excess muscle mm-hmm. because it just tires you out. Yeah. The also, they have weight classes where yes. strength yeah. per yeah. pound <laughs> is Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so even in a situation where you have to be, very competitive. Uh, building too much muscle is a mistake.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but if you if you follow the right practices, then you can still maintain this uh, your physical ability
2: mm-hmm.
1: into old age. I and mean, that's, that's that's what it,
0: what we're trying to promote. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I oh, actually wanted to ask you about this earlier. Let me just make a note uh, so I don't forget anything. Um, well, I'll go. I'll go back to this. Uh, as as you are now, as you're,
1: and we're we're recording something here, so we have to be very
0: very quiet. Um, I was going to ask you, like, as you are now, the the heir of this. Um, yeah of this work, what are you, how, what is next for you in this? Are you looking for like, are you going to promote one of your students? Are you looking for a disciple? That's a really good point. Um, what I'm looking to do is
1: train up a group of uh, disciples to carry on. Mm-hmm. And uh, ideally I'll, I'll try and kind of, several groups one Mm -hmm. after the other um i've been very focused on that the last couple of months Mm -hmm. um but i need people that are really kind of dedicated Mm -hmm. and that that it's not just the physical knowledge it's the kind of understanding the philosophy Mm -hmm. understanding the ethos understanding the culture uh and you know, if you rely on one person and something goes wrong, right, it, it crashes. Uh, so, looking to get a, a group, mm-hmm. group of people, and get them working together, mm-hmm. and very much with the the view to transmitting the art in its entirety mm-hmm. and in a complete form, and preparing the people to you know, do the same thing to get ready the next generation mm. and pass it on. And I really do think it's got a lot to offer a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I'm really kind of narrowing down who, who are the appropriate
0: people. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah.
0: And your students must know this, right? So they're like, oh yeah, yeah. Some like sort of maybe competition between them, or is, um, are there people gunning to? Be it's there? interesting. Um, one of the things that I'm
1: really keen to avoid is this feeling of competition, because all I want mm-hmm. is people working together. Mm-hmm. And as humans, we're naturally kind of a bit insecure and jealous, mm-hmm. and competition arises from insecurity and jealousy. Mm-hmm. So. You know, my, my job as the master is to make sure we don't get that creeping in because mm-hmm. what I want is a group of people that support each other, mm-hmm. um, that are kind of helping each other up rather than maybe holding each other back.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and you know, I think when people start to realize just how big a responsibility it is, they're not all dead keen to, to take it on. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It's,
0: uh, it's a heavy responsibility. Hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: Hmm. yeah. So actually, this I didn't realize the hour is almost up. It's kind of flew by. Uh, so this might be the last topic. Um, yeah. Uh, you've you mentioned Taoism. I, I didn't know that there was like a overall connection between Taoism and Kung Fu. I mean, is that that the case? Like they're are they kind of woven together. I would say yes, um,
1: there's a lot of philosophy in Chinese Kung Fu mm-hmm. and in a way you could say it's the philosophy of China mm-hmm. and Chinese philosophy is influenced particularly by uh three three schools. Mm-hmm. You have Taoism, Buddhism. Sonic's <laughs> philosophy Tom, no. Tom Chinese philosophy is influenced by three principal schools Taoism, mm-hmm. Buddhism, and Confucianism. Mm-hmm. And you you can't understand Kung Fu without having a basic understanding of these philosophies.
0: Confucianism I mean, as well? Yeah. I, I've always understood that there. a lot of Confucian principles are kind of at odds with Taoist principles. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, enough, I don't know much about Confucianism. Um, possibly. Mm.
1: Although, in, I mean, through the history of China, I mean, all three of these have greatly influenced China. Mm-hmm. And there is no doubt that there's a lot of influence of Confucianism on Chinese thinking mm-hmm. and therefore on Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly in terms of how the people relate within a mm-hmm. within the family, within a group, because mm-hmm. the relationships between people was something that something that is really kind of emphasised in Confucianism. Mm-hmm. So, I would suggest that if you try to understand Chinese thinking,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you got to understand those three.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And you can see their influence in Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. And you might say, well, here I can see a lot of Taoist influence. Whereas here, I can see a lot of Confucian influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And In total, what you have is the philosophy of kung fu, the way of kung fu. Mm -hmm. Um, But there, there's a huge amount of Taoist influence in kung fu. Mm -hmm. Kung fu schools tend to be divided into uh, those of kind of Buddhist, the Buddhist side and the Taoist side. Mm Shaolin, obviously, is the Buddhist side, Shaolin being the Buddhist temple, Wudang Mm -hmm. being the Taoist side, Mm -hmm. Uh, originating from the the kind of uh, concentration of Taoist hermits around Wudang Mountain, Mm -hmm. Tai Chi is the most famous of Mm -hmm. those styles. But actually, it's all influenced by
0: Chinese thinking generally, and Mm -hmm. it it has
1: all three of them in
0: there. I, I, this might be a very un, uninformed comment or question, but uh, this might be my last question as well. But I've noticed in Chinese commercial areas, yeah. uh, it seems so anti-Daoist, anti-feng shui in the way that yeah. it's... as uh, like, did something get lost? I don't know enough about China or Daoism. Oh, Daoisman, absolutely, but... yeah. Yeah, uh, totally.
1: Um, this is an interesting observation that now we have a great number of Western people Becoming really interested in Chinese philosophy, Mm -hmm. Chinese practices, Chinese medicine, Mm Qi Kung, Kung Fu. And you got a lot of Chinese, like most of the Chinese, doing their absolute best to be as Western as possible. Uh And it's all about, you know, produce, produce, efficiency. Uh, And it's worth bearing in mind that. In the Cultural Revolution in China, basically what it was about was eradicating Chinese culture. Really. And uh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, under communism, religion was banned. Right. Kung Fu was banned. You could be uh, beheaded for being huh. a Kung Fu teacher. Uh, and everything that China had to do with Chinese culture was boom, No. Mm-hmm. And it was absolutely Chairman Mao's little red book, um, you know, the way of communism. And communism now is subsiding. And what what we've got in its place is the race to make money. Yeah, Yeah. consumerism, new religion. So it's kind of sad. So don't expect... To go to China and see all this culture and philosophy
0: you've got to dig for it yeah. Oh. yeah well thank you this has been an enlightening conversation yeah. uh, where can people find more about your work oh uh, the start
1: point is KungFuRetreat.com uh-huh. our website um,
0: but if you search for Yang Kung Fu mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be straight up there oh, it's in a beautiful area in Pai, Thailand yeah. so yeah awesome thank okay, you so much
1: very many thanks yeah um, yeah what I mean if you want to drop by and try a little bit of kung fu with us you're yeah, very welcome
0: yeah definitely yeah. cool I'm, I think I'm only here till tonight or tomorrow morning but I, I, mean, I live in Chiang Mai so I come here often oh enough, so you're yeah. based in Chiang Mai I'm based in Chiang Mai yeah great in the yeah.
1: city or
0: uh, just yeah. yeah in the city just a little bit outside yeah in you know, a more which, green area which uh, direction Chiang Khan. it's in the northwest of Old City Yeah, a little bit past May Hang on. northwest. Do I see Yeah, a little north of the road towards. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And I'm up in Pi a fair amount. I visit Jen Let's, and Trevor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: when you're coming down, you know, have a drop in the door. Yeah, yeah. that's that all good. Yeah. Brilliant. I'm really sorry about the kids coming running no, in. that that's
0: Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to catch the rest of my work, go to Rwando.com. Catch me on social media, at Rwando. And please do not forget to subscribe.